welcome to episode eight of Beyond the Veil, a podcast about Harry Potter and mental health. I'm your host, Madison Ford. We're getting really close to May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we have some really special episodes prepared for you all. Those will start next week, so get excited. In today's episode, we're talking to Juliana. Juliana is a runner, a dietitian, and a Potterhead, just like us. Let's get started. Welcome back to Beyond the Veil, everybody. Today, I'm speaking with Juliana. Juliana, welcome to the show. Hi. It's really awesome to have you. Um, Will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So I'm a dietitian, and I live in Massachusetts on Cape Cod, and I've been a dietitian for about four years now. Um, I'm also a very avid runner and a lover of all things Harry Potter. Uh, just uh, background information like Harry Potter wise I am definitely a Hufflepuff I have a ton of Hufflepuff merch and can always use some more (laughs) my wand is a beech wood with unicorn hair 11 and 3 quarters inches and my Patronus is a wolf I have no idea why that is but that's okay we'll trust the Pottermore website (laughs) love it (laughs) Yep. and my favorite book is Deathly Hallows by far. Wonderful. A great, great choice. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how you first discovered the Harry Potter series? Yeah, so I remember my one of my cousins was reading them when I was little, and I was like, nah, those really aren't for me. I don't know. And then I also had a best friend who, um, her mom is from England, and she must have gotten the Harry Potter books a little bit before the rest of us did, because I remember, or she's just gone on the cutting edge of things. She definitely knew about them way before anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but both of them read them, and I was kind of like, meh, I could, I could live without these. I don't really need them. And then I remember in fourth grade, we had a book fair, and they had, it was one of those, like, classic scholastic book fairs that had, like, all, like, the fun displays and, like, all the stuff um, made out of cardboard. And so they had like a big cardboard display with all with all the Harry Potter books that were out at that point. It was either it was either up to the third book or just the first and the second book. There weren't too many of them at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember seeing the second book on the shelf, and I liked the cover art. And I was like, and that's how I picked books when I was little, and still kind of how I pick books now, <laughs> which is good and bad. But I was like, oh, this looks cool. I should get this. So I actually I read Chamber of Secrets. Loved it, um, and we ended up going to get the movie from uh, Hollywood Video, which was the v- place we could rent my v- our VHSs at that point. And then I ended up buying it, and then I watched. I've seen that movie so many times, um, and then just ended up reading all the books as they came out. Um, I think, well, I think the fifth one was the one that I started reading when it actually came out, because I think the f- other two were out by the time I got to them. But uh, I remember when the fifth, seventh book came out, Deathly Hallows, I, my greatest literary accomplishment still stands as reading that whole book in one full day. That is a true literary accomplishment. <laughs> it's funny because I was talking to my brother last week and we were actually chatting about Harry Potter 
and mm -hmm. he remembers that day. And he was like, ah, I remember you never came out of your room that day. It was so weird. I was like, wow, someone else besides me actually remembers that day. That's weird. It's funny to see somebody who wasn't experiencing that same thing still able to recall that special day for so many of us. I feel like I was very emotional that day too because of all like because like to read that all over the span of 24 hours it's kind of an emotional roller coaster. Oh definitely. So I think I, I can't remember correctly but I might have been like crying and laughing and like making like audible noises the entire time so but yeah so I've kind of just been with Harry Potter ever since then and um, still following up on the Fantastic Beast stuff whether I agree with it or not that's debatable but um, mm. yeah so Harry Potter pretty fan pretty much since fourth grade. That is wonderful. That is uh, a life so many of us know. <laughs> so look, diving into kind of what we are going to talk about. Um, so about two years ago, you moved to a new area. Um, can you kind of tell us about your move? You know, why you moved, what it's like being in a new place, all of that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So about two yeah about now so i had two major moves the first one was about like four years ago and the second one was um two years ago so about four years ago i so I've, i'm in massachusetts and i went to college in massachusetts and grew up here so after i graduated from college i was looking for a job and Massachusetts on the whole is very competitive for dietitian jobs just because there's a lot of major hospitals and medical centers and things such as that up here so I couldn't find a job and I ended up moving down to Richmond Virginia for a job and I moved down completely on my own didn't know anyone else down there didn't like have any roommates no family had had only been there once for the job interview previous to me actually moving there oh wow pretty much a hundred percent alone i moved down there um and like i've always kind of been like someone who like more or less fades into the background sometimes and is definitely what i would call an extroverted introvert mm-hmm so, like, I can be extroverted if I want to, but my default setting is to be an introvert. I didn't realize how hard it would be, but it was very hard moving down to Virginia completely alone and not knowing anyone or having any kind of connections down there. And also, it was hard because I was kind of like a cultural outsider almost, um, just because on the whole, Virginia is a much more, like, like religious, family-based community than Massachusetts is um, and I really wasn't used to that nor did I have a family down there so that was right. negating one of the points um, so yeah so I was just very very isolated and I ended up moving back up to Massachusetts after a year because I just missed my family so much and I felt so isolated down there and lonely um, and so I moved about two years ago I moved back up from Virginia to Massachusetts to the Cape where I live right now and I it, it was an easier move for me in one way because I knew people up here like mm -hmm. not not really on Cape Cod but like in Massachusetts and my family lives like in Massachusetts and New Hampshire in that area generally speaking so like I had people but they were all kind of like really far away but like I really wasn't I wasn't like a cultural outsider as more as much here because I knew the culture here so 
it was still, it was better, but it wasn't great. So I kind of had like hangover loneliness living in Richmond. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it, it was just hard because like, again, I moved from a place where I was alone all the time to a place where I thought I would see more people more often. And then in reality really wasn't just because like, as you know, everyone has their own lives and everyone's very busy. And if like my family was like an hour and a half to two hours away from me. So to see them on a regular basis is kind of hard. And I didn't have any friends down in the area of where I moved to in Massachusetts. And just being an introvert, I don't really like to go out alone, generally speaking. And so that was kind of really a hard sticking point for me. And I found myself just like sitting in my apartment and not really having anything to do. Like weekends were very painful for me when I first moved down here. Because like, I mean, if you're at work, at least you have people to talk to. Mm-hmm. and like be around but like on weekends I was lucky like my I had days where I, the only words that came out of my mouth were to talk to my dog and to talk to the cashier at the grocery store wow and I would literally I would get to the end of the day and realize I didn't say any other words the whole day because no one had like I didn't have anyone to talk to so that was that kind of um got uh graded on me a little bit so there was that and I I've kind of had like a little bit of depression at least since high school that's as far back as I can remember it Mm -hmm. um so that wasn't really great being so isolated and also like feeling like slightly neglected by my family just because like obviously they couldn't get to me as often as I wanted to see them combined with like the social anxiety about like going out and meeting people was kind of not the best combination of things yeah so I was kind of just getting to a sticking point but um yeah like kind of how I like I mean Harry Potter is kind of how I came somehow I came out of that some of it is too is me deciding to see a therapist for the well not the first time for like a renew renewed seeing a therapist yeah tell us about that yeah, so I, I'd seen a therapist back when I was in college, but I'd seen a few that I hadn't clicked with, like three or four people that I just like had seen a few times and never really clicked with. Um, and the whole time I was in Richmond, like in the back of my head, I knew I needed to see a therapist, but like I just couldn't bring myself to see to like go out there and risk not clicking with someone again. Again, social anxiety. So I, I after about like, I think I was down here either almost three quarters of a year or a full year, I finally decided um, that I had just reached a point where I just needed to talk someone, talk to someone, mm-hmm. and then, like, I just felt super alone. So I, I finally went and see, saw my therapist, Anne. Shout out to Anne. Um, <laughs> she's great. Um, and we actually clicked pretty much right away, which was really lucky. And she has been great and been like a real tool in helping me um deal with like any like isolation or like depression anxiety and like also some of like the ocd that i suffer from too so think anything that may go through my brain and has been there for me so that's been really beneficial definitely i think 
it's, it is really lucky to find a therapist who you click with really quickly. That's such an important part of uh, talking to somebody is having them be someone who you have like a, you know, a dialogue with pretty easily, a good rapport. Oh, yeah. So uh, in your submission, you told me that um, your therapist suggested that you start listening to podcasts. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I one of the coping strategies that Anne gave me in like kind of combating the loneliness that I was dealing with, because I mean, like, obviously I couldn't go just recruit random strangers to like live in my apartment and chat with me at random hours of the day. Like, that's not <laughs> safe right. nor a good idea. Um, because that was more so like what I was missing that like day, like I said like there I would go days without talking to people that like day-to-day conversation that you just like need and like you just want to hear what other people are doing too so she suggested that I listen to podcasts and I was like nah, I don't know like and I'm pretty stubborn too so it took me like a month to like actually get around to like downloading the podcast app and like looking and seeing what podcasts are there and she actually um suggested that I listen to to shit town which is um more of a like a document it's a real story it's documentary and like it was interesting but like wasn't really my thing and so i started like browsing around on the podcast app and i was like oh what do i like to listen to i was like oh i like i was trying to like brainstorm like the things that like my like top couple of things that i like i was like oh harry potter i like harry potter let's see if there's any of those harry potter let's see if there are podcasts for harry potter because at this point i had no context for like the large volume of podcasts that are available to people so I actually found MuggleCast and I like absolutely loved it and I was like hooked I just became a patron a few months ago because like I'm like okay I've been listening to them for like a year they can take some of my money now and it's just that that was really great just hearing that there is still that community of people who are like kind of geeky but like smart like that that group of people who were like who I identified with like in high school and like somewhat in college but like I can't seem to find anywhere in real life around here Mm -hmm. um even after I've made like friends and stuff here I feel like just because there's not there's not a ton of people who live on Cape Cod either um so that's another thing. But, like, just being able to have that community that I missed from, like, especially from, like, high school when we would, like, go and read the book. And then a day later we go see the movie and then we go out to dinner and tear the movie apart for what it did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, all those fun things that we used to do. And just, like, the especially with, like, the Fantastic Beasts stuff coming out. Like, all the excitement of, like, new things and just, like, breaking down the books and the movies. And it just really made me have this awesome sense of community that I didn't realize I missed. And it it honestly made me feel significantly less lonely. That's wonderful. That's, uh, it's so, we talk sometimes about the, the negatives of social media and the internet, but it's really powerful that it can bring us together and bring us comfort in this way. It's just, it's magnificent that you can connect with somebody who maybe you aren't even speaking to yourself, but you just you feel a certain identity with them and that kind of lifts you up. Yeah. And I think one of the things I really like about podcasts in general too, is that you can like hear other people's perspective on things and like Mm -hmm. hear people iterate thoughts that you've kind of had in your head and then realize that like, Oh no, it's not just in my head. Like this is actually like 
be it like a Harry Potter theory, be it like a mental illness or mental health thing. Um, like this is something that's real in someone else's brain too. And it's like a legitimate thought and I shouldn't just like push it to the side. It's like, nah. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious to know, um, if your relationship with the Harry Potter series, like how, how has that affected when you started listening to these podcasts and started kind of getting, uh, connecting in a different way than you had? Yeah. So I've definitely gotten like way more involved with the Potter community since then. Um, like we Mm -hmm. talked about a little bit earlier, I'm actually a MuggleNet intern now, so that's super exciting. Yes. Um, but yeah, just kind of, and I, um, since I started listening to the podcast, I actually have reread through the entire series too, which was awesome. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's definitely, I love it. Um, and just, yeah, just feeling more connected to something that like I knew I loved, but like forgot how much I loved. And like, I went and saw a cursed child shout out to my boyfriend, Steve, for buying tickets for that. (laughs) best Christmas gift I've gotten in a long time thank you very much um so we went and saw Cursed Child and like that was amazing and just like I'd say like over the last like year or so I've definitely like re-steeped myself in like all the Harry Potter stuff and I love it so much that's wonderful that's uh getting that spark back for Potter that's always such a like feels like being a little kid again you know it's wonderful um so you listening to podcasts you start rereading the books um and as harry potter is kind of coming back into your life as you're dealing with some mental health struggles how did that affect your mental health i'd say it definitely helped me a lot i mean for me the biggest thing harry potter is i mean now it's more of a community um than it was like a couple of years ago and like the community that it was when I was in high school and middle school. But for me, it's more of like that mental blanket that I can just have. It's that like cozy, warm, worn in blanket that you keep on in the corner and you can just snuggle up in anytime you know <laughs> you feel bad and you know you're going to feel all warm and protected and comforted when you're wearing that blanket. That's what Harry Potter does for me. That's wonderful. That's I've heard that from a lot of people I've spoken to that it's it really is just like this place you can go back to and always feel safe and um it's like I don't know a, a warm igloo when it's snowy outside or something you know uh, it's, it's that home that you can always go back to that you know they're going to greet you with like open arms and that you're going to feel welcome exactly um so as your mental health is kind of improving and you're getting back into the Harry Potter world, um, you're an introvert. So how did the podcasts and reading the books, um, did that help you kind of pull yourself out of your isolation? Yeah. So it really helped me a lot. I think the biggest thing it did was like kind of give me like a little more like mental sanity I guess and also just Mm -hmm. make me feel like I'm not alone and from that feeling of like feeling not alone I was able to kind of like reach out to people in my community and I was able to like I started going to one of the running groups 
because um, I'm really big into running, um, that is in the community that I live in, and that was awesome. And just kind of reaching out and seeing that there are other people who are going through the same things as I am, and that not everyone is as perfect as the picture they kind of put out to the world as their image, you know? Definitely. Just kind of seeing that, like, everyone is flawed and like, yeah, okay, I'm flawed too, but that doesn't mean I can't have friends. Yeah, just kind of being given that, like, extra boost. Absolutely. Um, and through joining a running group, um, you you made friends and you also, you ended up meeting your boyfriend through this I think yeah so he so yeah I joined the running group and so then I became more active in like the racing community uh the the community the the town I live in on the cape is they put on a lot of races and they're fabulous so you can pretty much do at least one race like every other month at the minimum um so I started doing those and I started getting better at running and so funny story my boyfriend actually works for the local paper down here and was interviewing me for a running related story and then we just kind of ended up going on going on a date and oh. here we are now about like eight nine months later oh wow yeah it's kind of funny how things kind of just like connect to each other you know definitely and in running races um I know a while back you ran your first marathon and more recently you just finished Boston. Um, but what, what inspired you to run that first marathon? I think a lot of it is I was given a little bit more confidence from like being part of that running community. Cause I always, I've always kind of been like a type a, like I want to always do better kind of person. So I ran my first half marathon when I was living in Richmond, Virginia and um i knew i kind of wanted to do one but i wasn't really confident enough to do it and so like through gaining this cascade of confidence i was able to sign up for the marathon i trained for it i ran it i had an amazing time and now i'm hooked so <laughs> um and which has also been really great for me running the marathons because it gives me like more of a community to connect to and also has been really good for my anxiety. Definitely. Well, that's wonderful. Um, and congratulations on getting through Boston. And um, yeah, I wonder if you have anything else sort of Potter related, um, mental health related that you want to share about your experiences? Yeah, I think, I mean, the first thing is just know that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Everyone has things that that bother them, and everyone has their own little mental hang-ups, so you're not the only one who's probably thinking that. Um, and my second one is that I feel like everyone should have a therapist. I feel like we all need some kind of, like, mental, like, like a wall that we can just throw things up against no, as hard as we want to and it won't hit us back or care. Yeah. It's just nice to have like a sounding board and like even if you're not going through like any kind of like mental crisis or anything, it's just nice to like just talk about things and know that the person who you're talking to isn't like going to have any kind of repercussions or like 
jeopardize any kind of relationship or anything that you have with them. So I, my, my opinion is that everyone should go to a therapist and just finding someone that you can talk to and who will just kind of objectively help you sort through your brain. And then I also just wanted so to add a Harry Potter quote because I was like, oh, okay, everyone else is probably going to have a Harry Potter quote. I should have one too. <laughs> and I, was, I was looking through online and I couldn't really find one that I liked. And so I opened the book, the first book, and the first line I really stuck with me. So the first sentence of the first book is, Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Privet Drive, were proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. And the reason behind that is because to me, that's kind of how depression presents itself. It's hmm. kind of that image of someone who wants you to think, I am just fine. Thank you very much. But on the inside, as we clearly know from the Dursley's household, there's a lot of commotion and chaos and crazy things going on. No matter how normal our depression tells us we think we are and tells us we're fine, it's okay, nothing's wrong. And when things really are wrong, that just kind of stuck with me a little bit. That's wonderful. That's Mental illness can disguise itself so much. And it's hard to figure out exactly what it is, especially when you know, we're told not to worry about that kind of stuff. And there's a voice in your head saying, no, 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 it's fine. Just keep going. And um, thank you for that. I think that's a really unique perspective on that line, just as a reminder that we have to look below our own surfaces sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, Juliana, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, do you have any other final words of wisdom for us? No, I think that's it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's been wonderful to talk with you. All right, y'all. That was my interview with Juliana. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Juliana, for sharing with all of us. Now, we all have stories, but some stories are more difficult to tell. Today's whisper is from a listener dealing with the unconventional loss of a loved one. And then he heard something, something quite apart from the spinning of the dying The stars were dim, and the moon was nowhere to be seen. I wasn't worried, though. Pools of light stretched across the parking lot from the bookstore windows, bright and festive as if Christmas were in June. The night wind sent chills up and down my spine. Was it because of my horrible sunburn, or was it because I knew the ministry was up to no good after Voldemort's return to power? It was both. June 20th, 2003 was the eve of the release of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. The day before, I had forgotten to put on sunscreen during my best friend's moving away party. The results were unpleasant, but nothing was going to stop me from getting my hands on the new Potter book as soon as the stores allowed. My grandfather was the only adult in my life to read the Harry Potter books until my early 20s, excluding my elementary school lunch lady, who definitely had a thing for Sirius Black. He was my best friend. He took me hunting every month. We had banana splits together every other weekend. 
On the night of the Order of the Phoenix release, he picked me up after dinner, and we made the hour-long drive to the mall with the huge Barnes & Noble. Walking through the glass doors was like crossing the brick barrier into Diagon Alley. Children in Hogwarts robes sprinted between bookshelves, grown men dressed as Hagrid and Dumbledore sipped magical punch, and streamers of deep purple and gold festooned the store from floor to ceiling. Until this point, I had participated in the Potter fandom from afar, poring over muggle-net columns and hopefully submitting my captions to the caption contest every week. That night was my first taste of the joy and camaraderie the Potter fandom had to offer me, although it would be many years before I experienced the strength of its power. I snacked on cookies and candy as another round of trivia intensified. My grandfather and I talked quietly between ourselves, smiling at the costumes, berating trivia participants for their incorrect answers, and keeping a close eye on the clock as it counted down to midnight. Soon we had our books, and I was halfway through a peck of owls before we got back to my grandfather's house. I sat at the kitchen table while he made us banana splits. That was the last time we had banana splits together. Sirius Black died the next day, and this profound shift in Harry's universe foreshadowed an equally profound one in mine. My grandfather is no longer in my life. He's not dead, just gone, because of some really awful choices. To this day, I sometimes lie awake at night, asking myself the same questions. Why did he choose himself over his family? What could I have done to make him choose me? The issue is more complex than that, but the nine-year-old in my brain doesn't understand. She's still writing in her diary, hoping Grandpa will come back before Book 6 comes out so they can go to the midnight release together. When that doesn't happen, she hopes for Book 7. When each new film is announced, she hopes again. One day, I stopped hoping. I found myself thinking of Potter, Cursed Child, and the new Fantastic Beasts film without the flash of hope, just pain. Each new film, each new piece of writing, each happy announcement was just another reminder that I didn't get to experience it with the person who mattered. And then, fresh into my adulthood, I plunged into the Potter fandom headfirst. I was surrounded by people of all ages who lived, breathed, and consumed the books just as I did. I went to my first Potter convention in July of 2016 and made new friends for the first time in five years. We wrote Potter trivia questions into the early hours of the morning, learned new Potter facts and theories at panels, and sang and danced until our lungs and legs gave out. The hole in my chest left by my grandfather was slowly getting filled with something else. My mental health improved, and I fell deeper and deeper into the fandom. Trailers, movie releases, new behind-the-scenes interviews were reborn into symbols of joy. Before I knew it, 19 years later came, the official 19 years later on September 1st, 2017. I was in Orlando with a massive group of Potter fans for a 19 years later celebration at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Running around Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade with my favorite people was blissful. During the hours leading up to the event, my bliss began to fade into despair. This anniversary of all Potter anniversaries was not going to pass without my grandfather's laugh ringing through my memory or the ghost of his freckled hands pointing toward our destination, the Hogwarts Castle. Almost 15 years had passed since the last time I saw him. I walked the shady path to the theme park by myself. I hadn't felt that kind of loneliness in years. 
Here I was at the biggest Potter milestone in my life, and I didn't even know if my grandfather had read Half-Blood Prince. Had he seen the rest of the movies? What did he know about Fantastic Beasts? I wept on a bridge for almost an hour. I ugly cried, puffy-faced, snot-nosed, causing concern for multiple families with small children as they made their way to and from the parks. The Potter books give us many lessons on dealing with grief, what helps and what hurts, but I still have no helpful information on how to cope with the living dead. Do I avoid him like an inferior? Do I pity him like a Dementor victim? I certainly can't speak to his ghost, because he's still alive. How do you grieve for someone who hasn't died? How do you mourn for a person who walks the earth in decent health, who has chosen to step into an existence outside your own? The only way I know how to cope is crying. I cry because I miss him. I cry because I'm scared. I cry because I'm happy that he brought Harry Potter into my life, even if he chose to step away. Every new Potter experience is another one without my grandfather. I will never hear Harry's name and not hear my grandfather's voice. I will never forget the late night theorizing, arguing over how to pronounce Hermione's name, or the small rectangular box I received on my seventh birthday containing Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. But today his voice is accompanied by dozens of others. I hear my friends singing silly Potter Christmas carols. I smell a huge pot of homemade butterbeer bubbling over the stove. I see a living room decked out in red and gold, Hedwig's theme blaring from the speakers as a movie marathon begins. Every day, the voices of the Potter community lift me up and out of my misery into a whole new way of looking at the world. I have new Potter anniversaries to celebrate. Now, whenever a new Potter announcement is made, I feel hopeful again. Thank you all for listening to episode 8 of Beyond the Veil. If any of you listening want to be on the show, please visit our website and fill out our submission form. We would love to have you on. If you'd like to remain anonymous, you can also submit a whisper. Join me next week for another conversation in the headmaster's office. Thanks guys. I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.